Uh, let's pray together. Father, bless your word, please, this morning. Uh, may you find us believers, not infidels, those who embrace the truth, not push it away. Lord, work in our hearts and lives, we ask in Jesus' name and amen. John chapter 5, verse 39, Lord Jesus Christ says, Search the Scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. The Scriptures testify of Jesus Christ. All of them start to finish. 47 years ago today, I ended a two-year battle with the convicting power of the Holy Spirit and received the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. And He absolutely changed my life completely. Um, it took, just, just took away uh, the direction in which I was heading, took away the attitudes uh, that were taking me that way and gave me a brand new life. I did not set out to be a preacher. I did not set out to be a pastor. I did not set out to do uh, what has been done in those 47 years since. But I got saved reading this Bible and I set out to learn this Bible, read it, search it, feed upon it every single day. And, and everything else has just been an outgrowth of that. I thank the Lord for saving my soul. I thank Amen. you for, for putting up with me all that time. Some of you, you heard the gospel, you embraced it, you received it. I was brought up in Sunday school, had good Sunday school teachers, uh, had, had good Bible preachers to listen to growing up, but I was so wrapped up in the world and so wrapped up in, in sin that I just didn't want Jesus Christ. I was afraid of, of, that he might uh, take, uh, take away the fun that I was, I wasn't a miserable sinner, I was an, a, a happy sinner. And I was afraid, I was afraid I was gonna trade a happy life for an unhappy life because I knew a lot of Christians and they did not seem to be having a very good time. Just being honest with you. But I've had a great time. I've had a, I've had a great time being saved. I'd do some things differently, but I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't stay on that broad road. I'd get on this narrow road and stay right there. And God's been, been so good to me in so many ways. So, so in John 5.39, I dusted off this old message because it just, uh, just I preach it for my birthday because I like it. If you don't like it, that's okay. It's my birthday and Sammy's and uh, Audrey's and the rest of you. It's glad you're here. John 5, John 5, 39, search the scriptures from them. You think you have eternal life and they are they which testify of me. So let me talk to you first of all about the 66 books of the Holy Bible. Can I preach all 66 books this morning? I think I will. Go ahead and start your watch. You can time me and we'll, we'll see how it goes. In the book of Genesis, Jesus Christ is the creator. Jesus Christ is the one that came and covered man's sin in the garden. He's Abel's sacrificial lamb. He's Noah's ark of safety. He's Abraham's promised hope. He's Isaac's substitute so he could live and not die. He's Jacob's ladder whose top reaches to heaven. He's Joseph's deliverer who brought him out of the prison house and put him on the throne. Praise the Lord, the book of Genesis is about Jesus Christ. In Exodus, Jesus Christ is the Passover lamb. He's the one that takes people out of bondage and carries them to a promised land. He's the one that parts the Red Sea and gets every enemy out of the way. He is the law giver, and then he's the mercy seat above the law for those who can't keep it. Praise the Lord. 
in Leviticus, he is the supreme sacrifice that shut down all those other sacrifices. He's the center of the feast. He's the light on the lampstand. He is the great high priest who intercedes between God and his people. Hallelujah. In the book of Numbers, Jesus Christ is a pillar of cloud because you don't know where to go in the daytime. And he's the pillar of fire because you don't know where to go in the nighttime. All you have to do is follow him and he'll get you to the desired haven. He's the center of the camp. He's the serpent on the pole. If you're bitten and you're dying, all you got to do is look and you can live. He is, he is the star out of Jacob who will arise to govern the entire earth. Praise the Lord. In Deuteronomy, he's the manna falling from heaven to meet your every need. He is the water from the rock to satisfy you in a desert place. He's Aaron's budding rod, life from the dead. He is the object of Miriam's song. And if you have sinned and didn't even know it, He's the city of refuge where you may flee and escape death. Praise the Lord. In the book of Joshua, he's the captain of the host. He's the one that makes the enemy's walls fall down. He's the giver of the land. He's the revealer of secrets, and he's got a portion for you. Praise the Lord. In the book of Judges, he's the one that redeems sinful man out of all his trouble. Those people got in one mess after another, and God sent a deliverer. You got another mess, God sent a deliverer. Got in another mess, God sent a deliverer. Every mess I've ever been in my life, I've had the same deliverer sent by God to get me out of it. That's the Lord Jesus Christ. In the book of Ruth, He's the one that finds an outcast girl from a cursed land who's got no hope and nowhere to go. And he watches her labor and toil in the field and he falls in love with her and makes her his chosen bride. And, and she goes from being, being a lonely widow girl to being the wife of the richest man in the world. Praise the Lord. That's, that's Jesus Christ. In 1 Samuel, he's the one that opens Hannah's barren womb. He's the one that conquers David's giant. He's the one that makes a shepherd boy a king. He's the one who preserves his persecuted ones. When everybody's out to get them, he keeps them and preserves them and provides for them. Hallelujah. In 2 Samuel, he's the one that conquers all his enemies and establishes throne at Jerusalem. <laughs> no, no, nobody wanted that king on that throne, but guess where he ended up? On that throne, hallelujah. In 1 Kings, he's the builder of the temple. He's the one that brings peace to Israel. He's the wise monarch that, to, to whom none can compare. In 2 Kings, he's Elijah's chariot of fire. He's Elisha's double portion. He's miracle on top of miracle. He's the meal in the widow's barrow. Hallelujah. He's the oil in the widow's cruise. Amen. Amen. He's the one can conquer an army without firing a shot. He's the one bring, bring enemies into subjection without raising a sword. That's him. That's him. He's the one who has armies of chariots of fire around about to protect his people and they don't even know they're there. Praise the Lord. That's Jesus Christ. In 1 Chronicles, he's the one who knows his own by name. 
You get reading 1 Chronicles, nine chapters of this man and that man and this woman and that man and this person and that person and everybody that reads it says, I don't care. I don't even know who these people are. But I'm so thankful that the one that wrote that book has a book of life and your name's in it if nobody else cares and your name's written there if nobody else is interested in reading it. Hallelujah. He's the one, he's the one who knows his own by name and writes their name in his book. He's the greater than Solomon. He's the Ark of the Covenant leading the troops into victory. Hallelujah. In 2 Chronicles, he's the one righteous king when all other kings have failed, when all other kings have disappointed. He's the one king you can trust. He's the one king that governs righteously. He's the one king that has no self-interest and no self-will. He does what he does for the good of his people. Hallelujah. In the book of Ezra, he's the one that brings people back from captivity, gives people a brand new start. And Nehemiah, he's the one that rebuilds the broken walls, rebuilds the fallen temple, rebuilds homes and houses and lives. An enemy came in and burned that city from the ground, but in Nehemiah, the Lord rebuilds it. Praise the Lord. Enemy came in and left one home after another in ruins, left the preacher sitting there weeping over the city. But in Nehemiah, we see the Lord reaching into that captivity and bringing people back, putting those walls back together, putting that temple back together, putting those houses back together. I'll tell you, if an enemy's destroyed your home, destroyed your life, I know one can put it back together. It's the Lord, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. In Esther, he's the one who's never mentioned but is evidently, silently ruling in the hearts of men, unnamed and unseen. Haman thinks he's in control. Ahasuerus thinks he's in control. Mordecai is not sure if anybody's in control. But Esther just trusts the authority figures in her life and surrenders herself to the will of God. And the Lord moves the pieces around on the chess, on the chess board until he puts the old devil in checkmate and his people are delivered and his people are preserved. And there's times in your life you didn't know God was doing anything. There's times in your life when you thought it was all enemies and all bad news and all trouble. And God was still at work. Yeah. <laughs> bringing about his purposes, praise his holy name. In the book of Job, he's strength and suffering. He's hope and despair. He's the one abiding friend when all your other friends have fallen apart. And he's the one that'll turn your captivity and make your latter end better than your beginning. That book, these, I'm telling you, every book in the Bible, it's about Jesus. It's about Jesus. The book of Psalms, he's the one worthy of all praise. He's the one worthy of all worship. He's the one worthy of every song. He's the one deserving of our adoration. Hallelujah. In the book of Proverbs, he's the rule for living. He'll tell you how to manage your family, how to manage your emotions, how to manage your mind, how to manage your finances. He'll tell you how to grow your crops and how to harvest your crops. Amen. Praise the Lord. He'll tell you who to make friends with and who to stay away from. I'll tell you, you lack wisdom. If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Where will you find it? In a book about Jesus Christ. Proverbs, the rule for living. In Ecclesiastes, he's the best thing under the sun. (laughs) Ecclesiastes, that old king, he said, I got a thousand women. I got more money than anybody ever had. I got an orchestra. I got vineyards. I got crops. I I got money on top of money. I hadn't found one thing to satisfy me. And Jesus says, here's the end of the, here's the end of the matter. Fear God. Fear God and keep his commandments. Best thing under the sun is the Lord Jesus Christ. From youth 
Ecclesiastes 12, to old age, Ecclesiastes chapter 12, you'll never find anything better than Jesus Christ. That's not a negative book. That's a positive book. Uh, the young people sang about, about uh, you know, and we sang that song, I will praise him. Everything I held, it just turned to ashes and crumbled from my hands. You thought, oh man, I've lost everything. And then Jesus steps in. Yeah. You say, what do I need with ashes? When I got the Lord of glory, hallelujah. And Song of Solomon, he's the lover of our soul. He's the one great longing that'll satisfy your heart. People in this world, they're so desperate for love. They're so desperate for affection. They're so desperate for somebody to care for them. I understand that. People made, people made, they got, they got a heart and it, it wants to be loved and they got a, a soul and a will and they want to have a relationship. Well, here's the one person never hurts you, never lie to you, never do you wrong, never leave you, never forsake you. You ought to try Jesus. Oh, try Jesus. You've been disappointed in your relationships. Try one that doesn't disappoint. Song of Solomon. In Isaiah, he's the Holy One, high and lifted up. His train fills the temple. Uh, just a little, little side note here. This will help you. Isaiah chapter 1 through chapter 5. Isaiah is, is told by God to tell the tale of the horrific, deplorable, corrupt, abominable, filthy condition into which Jerusalem and the, and the nations, the people round about have fallen. For five solid chapters, it's, this thing is sick from the head to the foot. This thing is corrupt from top to bottom. And then when you turn to page chapter six, the Lord is high and lifted up and sitting on his throne and there's creatures circling that throne day and night continually saying, holy, holy, holy. Holy Lord God Almighty. Listen, the whole earth is full of his glory. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. You just had five chapters telling you the whole earth was corrupt. But these creatures got as close to God's throne as they could and got their eyes on the Lord sitting on that throne and began to be occupied with, with, with Jesus Christ high and lifted up. And they forgot all about the earth and the corruption in the earth. They said the whole earth is filled with his glory. Praise the Lord. Maybe you just need to change your focus. Maybe you just need to turn your back on the world and turn your face to Lord Jesus Christ. Things will look a whole lot better. Amen. Isaiah, he's the Holy One high and lifted up. He's the wonderful counselor. He's the mighty God. He's the everlasting Father. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Son that is given. He's the child that is born of a virgin. He's the Lord proclaimed by a forerunner. He's the light to the Gentiles. He's the one wounded and bruised beyond recognition. And then he's the lamb. <laughs> Led to the slaughter to take away our sins. Then he's the risen ruler of, of all the earth because of his triumph at Calvary. Hallelujah. And Jeremiah, he's the weeping prophet, brokenhearted over sin. In lamentation, he's the one whose great faithfulness gets us through every trial and every hardship. He's the one whose mercies are new every morning. In Ezekiel, he's the one adored by the cherubim, scorned by men, but ruling in glory and setting up a kingdom that endures a thousand years and beyond. Praise his holy name. In the book of Daniel, he's the stone without hands, crushing all human government and taking over the world. 
He's the Son of God walking in the fire. He's the one that shuts the lion's mouths. He's the one who writes upon the wall and tells that party and crowd, you better straighten up. And he's the one who sees the beast in all his power and says, that beast is no match for me. Hallelujah. In Hosea, he's the rejected prince. In Joel, he's the giver of the spirit. In Amos, he's the one that walks side by side with all who will agree with him. In Obadiah, he's the one who abases the proud and exalts the humble. In Jonah, he's the one that prepares just what we need. You need a storm at sea, he's got one for you. You need a great fish to swallow you up, he's got one for you. You need a second chance, he's got one for you. You need shade, he's got one for you. You need a worm to eat that shade, he's got one for you. He's, he's, he's the one that's got just what you need. In Micah, he's the eternal God, born in a manger at Bethlehem. In Nahum, he's the one who walks on the clouds. In Habakkuk, he's the answer when there is no answer. In Zephaniah, he's the one who sees the end from the beginning and isn't worried about a thing. In Haggai, he's the giver of peace. In Zechariah, he's the one wounded by his friends, but returning to reign, setting his feet on the Mount of Olives and taking over as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. In Malachi, he's the son of righteousness rising with healing in his wings. Praise the Lord. You know what Jesus Christ said? He said, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. When he said that, there's no New Testament. He's talking about the 39 books you think are about something besides Jesus. But they're not. Jesus said, they're all, they're all about me. In Matthew, he's the king of the Jews. He's the great teacher. He's the confounder of the Pharisees. He's the judge of all nations. Praise God. In Mark, he's the servant of Jehovah. He's the one with power over Satan. He's the one that stills the storms, cleanses lepers, gives sight to the blind, sends them, those with the palsy home well. The one who raises little children from the dead. Praise God. He conquers death. Hallelujah. In Luke, he's the, he's the man the sinless man, the compassionate man, the holy man. He's the last Adam. He's the good Samaritan. He's the shepherd that finds the lost sheep. He's the woman that finds the lost coin. He's the, he's the father that welcomes the prodigal home. He's the blood sweater. He's the cross bearer. He's the thief saver. He's the risen victor. He's the ascended Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's Jesus Christ. You can have your heroes. I got mine. You can have your superstars. I've got mine. You, you can have the one that you, you get excited about. I've got mine. I've got mine. It's Jesus Christ. In John chapter 1, he's the true light. In John chapter 2, he's the new vine and the new wine. In John chapter 3, he's the one that gives birth by the Spirit. In John chapter 4, he's water from the well. In John chapter 5, he's the healer. In John chapter 6, he's the feeder of the multitude. In John chapter 7, he's the living water. In John chapter 8, he's the lifter of the fallen. In John chapter 9, he's the one that gives sight to the blind. In John chapter 10, he's the door. He's the good shepherd. In John chapter 11, he's the resurrection and the life. In John chapter 12, he's the one the Gentiles seek. 
In John chapter 13, he's the host at supper. In John 14, he's the way, the truth, and the life, the Father made visible. In John 15, he's the true vine. In John 16, he's the comforter. In John 17, he's the one that intercedes in prayer for you. In John 18, he's betrayed and forsaken. In John 19, he's crucified. In John 20, he's risen from the dead. In John 21, he restores those that chickened out and ran away and denied him and puts them right back in the work. Hallelujah. You're, you're, those gospels are about Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. In the book of Acts, he's the message of the church. In Romans, he's the justifier. He's the redeemer. He's the sanctifier. He's the propitiation. Hallelujah. In 1 Corinthians, he's the one who unites his body and the one who changes our body. In 2 Corinthians, he's the maker of the new creature. He's the one that reconciles fallen man to himself and fallen sinners to each other. In Galatians, he's the end of the law to all who believe. In Ephesians, he's the grace saver. He's the soul sealer. He's the uniter of man to himself. He's the uniter of members of the church to each other. He's the uniter of husbands to wives and wives to husbands. He's the uniter of children to parents and parents to children. He's the one that keeps you to the day of redemption. Praise God. In Philippians, he's the name above every name that will be confessed by every tongue. He's the one before whom every knee shall bow. In Colossians, he's the risen perfecter. He's the one who makes all complete. In 1 Thessalonians, he's our blessed hope. In 2 Thessalonians, he's the conqueror of the Antichrist. In 1 Timothy, he's the king eternal, the only wise God, the overseer of the church. What more do you want? It's all found in Jesus Christ. Everything you're looking for is found in Jesus Christ. Everything you're longing for is found in Jesus Christ. Everything you need is found in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. In 2 Timothy, he's the righteous judge, even in perilous times. In Titus, he's our Savior who washes us and regenerates us by his own precious blood. In Philemon, he's freedom for the slave and freedom for the master. In Hebrews chapter 1, he's God manifest in the flesh. In Hebrews chapter 2, he's crowned with glory and honor to taste death for every man. In Hebrews chapter 3, he's the son over his own house. In Hebrews chapter 4, he's the great high priest. In Hebrews chapter 5, he's the begotten son. In Hebrews chapter 6, he's the true doctrine. In Hebrews chapter 7, he's a priest forever, ever living to make intercession for us. In chapter 8, he's the new covenant. In chapter 9, he's the cleanser. In chapter 10, he's the finished sacrifice. Praise the Lord. Chapter 11, he's the object of our faith. In chapter 12, he's the finish line. In chapter 13, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. All these things he was when the Bible recorded them, he is today and he will be forever. Praise his holy name. In the book of James, he's the source of good works. In 1 Peter, he's the chief cornerstone, the chief shepherd, the example. In 2 Peter, he's the promise keeper. In 1 John, he's the no-so savior. He's our advocate. Praise the Lord. In 2 John, he's the son of the father, full of truth and love. In 3 John, he's the giver of prosperity. In Jude, he's the merciful keeper. That's Jesus Christ. 
Hope you know him. If you don't know him, you really ought to get to know him. You really ought to get to know him. Revelation 1, he's the Alpha and the Omega. He that liveth and was dead and is alive forevermore. In chapter 2 and 3, he's the head of the church. In chapter 4, he's the upper taker. Praise the Lord. Now, one, one day you might meet the upper taker, but I would advise you before that time to meet the upper taker. And let him carry you up into glory. Chapter 5, he's the worthy one. Chapter 6 to 18, he's the judge of all the earth. In chapter 19, he's the white horse rider coming back to take this thing over. Amen. Chapter 20, he's the white throne sitter who will judge the quick and the dead. In chapter 21, he's the light in the temple of the new Jerusalem. In chapter 22, he's the all in all. Praise God. You know what that Bible's about? Jesus said, search the scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Yes. Praise the Lord. We got many different walks of life here this morning, people from many different backgrounds here this morning. So let me just tell you a little something about my, my Savior, Jesus Christ. He saved my soul 47 years ago. I was worth absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Let me tell you something you know when you're 65 that you don't know when you're 25. You ain't got no reason to be proud. Honestly, I see people walk around 16 years old with an ego, 19 years old with an attitude, 24 years old, walk around like they're the greatest thing that ever lived. What exactly have you ever done? What exactly have you ever accomplished? Why exactly should anybody think as highly of you as you think of yourself? You know what my problem was? I would listen, I'd tell people, I, three times, three times in my life I was witness to. And, and when we had bold, two bold witnesses in our high school, they'd put chick tracks in, in, the, in your lockers and they'd, they'd talk to you in, in the hallway, bold. And my friends, my friends make fun of them. They'd laugh at them, they'd call them names. I would, I'd stop and say, leave them alone, they need that. I believed every word, I believed every word those two Christian witnesses were saying. I believed every word of it, and I was glad it was there for them because they needed it. What a fool I was. I needed it just like you need it, just like every sinner needs it. I just thought, I got my life together. I'm having a good time. I'm doing this and doing that and, and, and carrying on over here and carrying on over there. What do I need with Jesus for? Because hell was waiting for me. The wages of my sin were waiting to be paid. We had kids get killed. Uh, Scott, uh, Scott and Willie got killed. Uh, older boy driving drunk, hit a palm tree out there on Pioneer Trail there on the football team. We all went to the funeral and nobody said, nobody gave the gospel. That I, I, I don't remember hearing the gospel at that funeral. We had other classmates die. We had a, had a boy, Anthony, he got murdered over on a, on a boardwalk on the beach one night, went to his funeral. Nobody mentioned the gospel. Nobody told us about Jesus Christ. But I knew, I knew, I knew Every time I went to the, one of those funerals, I knew if this is my funeral, I am sunk. If this is my funeral, I'm going to wake up in hell. I would beg God, it's under such conviction, I'd beg God, I'm out running in the world. I'd say, God, don't let me die tonight. I don't want to go to hell. You said, why didn't you, why didn't you get saved? Because I was a fool. Why don't you get saved? You don't get saved because you're a fool. I'm telling you, Jesus Christ. And, and, and just, if you're not saved, I'm just going to be honest with you. I've been unsaved like you, and I've been saved like me. So I've been on both sides. Yeah. I know both sides. You only know one side. Right. So I'm going to tell you, I haven't been on both sides. This side's better. Yes. Yeah. I've, li I've lived both lives, and this life is better. Yeah. 
My friends told me. I went and witnessed them. I went to their houses. I sat in their living rooms. I told them what Jesus done for me. I told them what Jesus Christ done for them. And every one of them said, you'll be back. You'll be back. You, you, won't, you won't live that life. You'll be back. And I told every one of them, if this Christian life isn't better than the life we've been living, I'll be back. Yeah. I'm going to waste my life living a Christian life if it's, if it's a drag. Yeah, hadn't been back. Amen. I haven't been back. I'm telling you, if you're not saved, this is better. Amen. This is better. What, whatever you're afraid of giving up, it, it's, you're, you're clinging to it because it's all you know. <laughs> you get a hold of something better, you say, I wonder why I held on to that for so long. Praise the Lord. Well, anyway, let's, <clears throat> let's talk about this. To the architect, Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone, 1 Peter 2. To the artist, he's the one altogether lovely, Song of Solomon chapter 5. To the astronomer, he's the bright morning star. He's the son of righteousness, Revelation 22, Malachi 4. To the baker, he's the bread of life, John chapter 6. To the banker, he's the supplier of every need, Philippians 4. To the biologist, he's the life, John 14. To the builder, he's the sure foundation, Isaiah 28. To the carpenter, he's the door and he's the nail, John 10, Isaiah 22. To the chief... He's the chiefest of 10,000, Song of Solomon chapter 5. To the defendant, he's the righteous judge and the advocate, 2 Timothy 4, 1 John chapter 2. To the doctor, he's the great physician, Luke chapter number 4. To the educator, he's the teacher, John chapter 3. To the electrician, he's the light of the world, John chapter number 8. To the executive, he's the head of the church, Ephesians chapter number 1. To the farmer, he's the Lord of the harvest, Matthew 13. To the fireman, he's the water of life, John chapter number 4. To the fisherman, he's the one that calms the seas and fills the nets, Matthew chapter 8 and Luke chapter number 5. To the florist, he's the lily of the valley. And the Rose of Sharon, Song of Solomon, chapter 2. To the geologist, he's the tried stone of Isaiah 28. To the historian, he's the ancient of days, Daniel 7 and verse number 9. To the horticulturalist, whew, I said it. <laughs> he's a tender plant, Isaiah 53. To the jeweler, he's the precious stone of 1 Peter 2. To the juror, he's the faithful and true witness. Revelation chapter 3. To the king, he's the crown, Isaiah 28, and the scepter, Numbers 24. To the laborer, he's the burden bearer, Matthew 11. To the lawmaker, he's the lawgiver, Isaiah 33. To the lawyer, he's the advocate, 1 John 2, and the mediator, 1 Timothy chapter number 2. To the mechanist, he's the polished shaft, Isaiah 49. To the merchant, he's the pearl of great price, in Matthew 13. To the mortician, He's the resurrection, John chapter number 11. To the musician, he's the horn of salvation in Luke chapter number one. To the news reporter, he's good tidings of great joy, Luke chapter number two. To the nurseryman, he's the true vine of John chapter 15. To the oculist, he's the light of the eyes in Proverbs chapter 29. To the patient, he's the comforter. To the psychiatrist, He's the giver of the sound mind in 1 Timothy chapter number 1. To the pharmacist, he's the balm of Gilead, Jeremiah 8. To the philanthropist, he's the unspeakable gift, 2 Corinthians chapter 9. To the philosopher, he's the wisdom of God, 1 Corinthians 1. To the photographer, he's the express image of God, Hebrews chapter 1. To the printer, he's the word, 
John chapter number 1. To the publisher, he's the author, Hebrews chapter number 12. To the rancher, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills, Isaiah chapter 50. To the refiner, he's the purifier, Malachi 3. To royalty, he's the king of kings and lord of lords, 1 Timothy chapter number 6. To the sailor, he's the desired haven into which your ship finally sails, Psalm 107. To the scholar, he's the Alpha and the Omega, Revelation chapter 1. To the scientist, he's the creator of all things, Colossians, the first chapter. To the sculptor, he's the living stone, 1 Peter 2. To the sea captain, he's the refuge in storm, Isaiah 25. To the servant, he's a good master. Isaiah, uh, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 23. To the shepherd, he's the Lamb of God, John 1, To the soldier, he's the captain of the host, Joshua 5 and verse 15. To the statesman, he's the desire of all nations, Haggai chapter 2. To the student, he's the truth, John 14. To the traveler, he's the narrow way that leads all the way to heaven, Matthew chapter 7. To the warrior, he's strength and shield, Psalm number 3. And to the zoologist, he's the lion of the tribe of Judah, Amen. Revelation chapter number 5. You know what this book's about? It's about Jesus Christ. Amen. You know Jesus Christ, you know he's just right for, he's just right for you. He's just right for you. Whoever you are, whatever you do, however you live, Jesus Christ is the one that'll make your life worth living. The Bible says in John 5, verse 39, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Oh, what a sad word, verse 40. And ye will not come to me that ye might have life. That's my story. That's my story. My Sunday school teacher, Mrs. Ms. Macy, no, I'll go back farther than that. I got a paper I should have brought in. Maybe I'll bring in tonight. I got a paper that was in my mother's possessions. It is a Sunday morning bulletin from a Sunday just mere weeks after I was born. My mother and father stood before a congregation and a preacher prayed over me and asked God to use me to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. How about that? My Sunday school teacher, I had a little boy, you know, little, what they call him preschool, Miss Macy, uh, she believed the gospel, taught me that. In my elementary school years, I had a Sunday school teacher, Ms. Eagleson. She believed the gospel, taught me about that. My teen years, I went to training union, Southern Baptist Church, perfect attendance pin for two years. Not morning service, morning service, evening service. Sat in that training union and, and, and learned the doctrines of the Christian faith. My teenage years, I had a teach Sunday school teacher named David Morgan and a pastor named Phil Morgan. They were brothers. That man, week after week after week, many Sunday. That little church went to a little church. I'd be the only teenager in that entire Sunday school class. And that man would open his Bible and open that lesson and pour his heart into me. Amen. And can I tell you something? I never doubted anything those people were telling me. But I wouldn't come to him that I might have life. My parents took me to church. Those preachers searched the scriptures and told me about Jesus. Those Sunday school teachers searched the scriptures and told me about Jesus. What was I doing? Just folly, just folly 
just nonsense, childhood stuff, teenage stuff, and then what? Off to college, college stuff. I'm telling you, the sin and the non-sin were just the same. It wasn't life. Jesus said, you will not come to me that you might have life. So I graduated from high school in June 1976. Made this agreement with God. Ha, ha, ha. Like, like God needs me to make an agreement with him. But I, I just, I just, I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to read this Bible through one time for myself and then I'll be done with this. I started reading that Bible every night. I, one, one in the morning, two in the morning, didn't matter where, what time I got in, didn't matter what I'd been doing. I'd read that Bible before I'd go to sleep. I read that Bible, read that Bible. Man, listen, listen. Those Sunday school teachers never taught me Noah got drunk. They never taught me Abraham lied. They never taught me Moses killed a man. They never taught me, we didn't have a flannel graph about David and Bathsheba. Thank, thank the Lord. How many remember flannel graphs? Listen, here's what I found out reading that Bible. These men that I thought were going to heaven because they were great people weren't great people. They were sinners. I mean, the, the heroes that I'd learned about growing up were sinners. And all I kept thinking is, where does that leave you? Where does that leave you? Where does that leave you? Where, man, listen, if David needed a Savior, I guarantee you I needed one. If Noah needed a Savior, they didn't tell us Noah got drunk. That wasn't in the Sunday school lesson. Whew. Scary, scary. I just kept right on doing what I was doing, kept right on sinning, grades going down, relationship, my father going down, trouble, trouble rising, just farther and farther and farther out there into things I shouldn't be doing. And then I got to December 16th, that night I read Daniel chapter four. Nebuchadnezzar walking in the palace, he's got it made, he got it made. He got, he got the rock music in chapter number three. He got people doing what he wants them to do in chapter number three. And in chapter four, God showed up and put him on his hands and knees in the backyard and took his mind away from him. And all I could think of all night long is I am toying with the wrong God. How much farther do I dare push the grace and mercy of God before he does a Nebuchadnezzar thing to me. You said, well, I got saved on John 3, 16. Not me, I got saved on Daniel 4. Never met anybody else, but that, that was me. You know what I had to do? Jesus said, "Ye will not come to me that you might have life. And that next morning, I came to him. And he gave me life. I'm telling you that the, the blinders fell off. The, the burden was lifted. It was like the Bible was a brand new book. Church was a brand new place. My, my grades went up. My energy level went up. My appetite and desire for things I'd been doing were just gone. It was just gone. I'm telling you. Somehow you, you, you fight and you contend. You argue with the preacher. I'm going to have to give that up. I'm going to have to stop doing that. I don't understand that. Honestly, it's not that I'm insensitive. It's not that I'm not caring. I just don't get why you're clinging to things as though you don't know Jesus. Because you've got a hold of him. There's no, no point in holding on to this junk. 
Praise the Lord. So I came to him and he gave me life. And, and, and this life been so good. It's, it's, it's had its heartaches. It's had its trials. It's had its troubles. A lot of them are my own fault. But it's better with Jesus than it ever was without him. And I, I, I don't regret, I don't regret having become a Christian. I don't regret having given my life to the Lord. And I would tell every one of you, if you're undecided, you ought, you ought to make the right decision. Yeah. You, ought, you ought to come to him. This whole Bible's about Jesus Christ. Amen. Whole thing, if you just pick it up anywhere. You look for him, you'll find him. You, you seek him, you'll find him. And if your life, I, I'm just telling you, I, I read you all those things, uh, the, the things that he is, different people, whatever's lacking in your life, you won't find it in any other relationship. You won't find any other friendship. You won't find it in any sin. You won't find it in any pleasure. What you're looking for, you'll find it in Jesus Christ. And I can't prove that to you, but you can prove it to yourself. If you'll come to him, you'll trust him. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right, Father, bless your word. Thank you. Thank you for saving uh, worthless, no good sinners like me. Thank you, Lord, for giving life more abundantly to everyone that will trust you. God, I appreciate you saving my soul. I appreciate you letting me tell others uh, that you will save their souls. And God, if there's somebody here this morning that not just doesn't, doesn't know how wonderful it is to know Christ as Savior, I pray, God, before they leave here today, uh, they would do what I did 47 years ago and get born again. And, and know this great, wonderful Christian life. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.